Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, we'll be tenu- continuing to talk about the Blues offseason plans, talking about Billy Huso, whether or not he might return to the St. Louis Blues. Same thing with Nick Letty. I'm going to be talking more about Jordan Bennington and how his potential uh, re-emergence as an elite goaltender could do wonders for the Blues next season. And then in the second half of the episode, I'm going to be continuing to talk about the remaining teams in the playoffs and talk about how the New York Rangers shocked the world and dominated the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 1 to go out to a 1-0 series lead. Lots to get into. Should be a fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and like I said, busy episode for you today. Unfortunately, you know, as we all know, the Blues aren't in the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that we don't have plenty of news to talk about. Um, Jeremy Rutherford released a great article on The Athletic with some quotes about, you know, various players and their statuses heading into next season. So I'm going to be talking about that. Um, First guy I want to talk about is Billy Huso. Now, um, I think it's a tough position. I think it is definitely a tough position that the Blues are in right now with Billy Huso. And it's also a tough position for Billy Huso. Um, If the the regular season just ended and Billy Huso didn't play at all in the playoffs, things would be different because in the regular season, Billy Huso was the starter for the Blues. He was the guy for the Blues. He was their best goaltender in the regular season. And honestly, they probably don't make the playoffs without him. Uh, Jordan Bennington really struggled in the regular season. um, And Billy Huso was able to step in as that initially a backup goalie, but come in and sort of take over that starting role and win a lot of games for the Blues. Now down the stretch of the regular season, he wasn't great as Tommy and I pointed out frequently. Uh, when the playoffs rolled around, he started to struggle there towards the end. Um, I think it was a streak of like 12 straight games where he hadn't allowed less than three goals. I think he only did it like once in that stretch. In that stretch, um, fortunately, you know the offense of the Blues was good enough to compensate for that. Uh, but you know, Billy Huso did what he had to do in those games. It's not like he was a, a world-beating goaltender for the Blues down the stretch there. But the offense was good enough that Huso was able to just you know do his job make a couple stops here and there and win them games. And that's what it took uh, for the St. Louis Blues to have success there down the stretch of the regular season because their offense was uh, firing in all cylinders. Now, the, uh, and like I said, if, if the season ends there, if, if contract negotiations been, begin there, uh, it's probably difficult to, to think that Billy Huso comes back at all because he probably could be looked at uh, by some other teams in need of goaltending help as a starter, and he could get starter money. Uh, and the fact of the matter is the Blues are already paying Jordan Bennington starter money. They're paying him $6 million a year for the next five years or whatever. Um, so you can't really justify uh, paying 10, 11, 12 mil for two goalies if Billy Huso does call for like 4 or $5 million, which he very well could based off of his track record in the regular season. Now, where things get complicated um, is the playoffs. Now, obviously... You can't fault Billy Huso for his performance in the Colorado series, and I'll get into that. But he starts out uh, the Minnesota series and struggles. You know, he's not he's not great. He's not terrible, but he's not he's not great. You know, and and um, the team wasn't playing their best hockey for sure. But 
there were definitely some moments where you're like, man, if we just got a little bit better goaltending, maybe we win a game here or there. Uh, and the Blues turned to Jordan Binnington, and then all of a sudden we saw a version of Jordan Binnington that we hadn't seen since the 2019 Stanley Cup run, where he was looking like a true elite goaltender. I think he had a, a 950 save percentage in the playoffs. And the, the thing that's interesting is <clears throat> the roles like were completely reversed. Um, you go to a guy, f- you know, like from Jordan Bennington who began the regular season as the number one starter, um, and the Blues gave him pretty much every opportunity to continue to have that role and have success in that role, and uh, he just was un- uh, unable to. And they turned to Billy Huso, this sort of journeyman goalie who's 27, hadn't really had an opportunity as a full-time NHL goaltender prior to like this year and last. Turned to him as the starter, and he pretty much just forces the Blues' hand into making him the starter. Um, you know, nothing too against Jordan Binnington. Like, obviously, Binnington wasn't great, but it was more so that he was getting outplayed by Billy Huso rather than the Blues were desperate. So, and then all of a sudden, the playoffs were around, and the script was flipped. You know, Jordan Binnington wasn't just good. He was elite in those playoffs. And, you know, Billy Huso comes in, and under unfortunate circumstances, Jordan Binnington gets injured, and Huso has to come in against the most potent, or, the you know, one of the most potent offenses in the NHL, the most potent offense in the Western Conference, um, and it was just, the odds were stacked against him. He did all right. Uh, obviously, similar to the end of the regular season, a couple extra saves he could have made here or there would have been nice, but he's not the reason why the Blues lost that series. Um, again, I, I make the argument that if the Blues had Jordan Bennington, they could have won that series, but that's less against Billy Huso and more so just saying that Jordan Bennington was playing at an elite level uh, towards the uh, or during that playoff stretch that he had, which is why it was so frustrating to see him go down and so frustrating for him to know that he hadn't played that well in years. And the second that he starts playing that well, he goes down with a with a knee injury. So it was definitely tough there. But that being said, it begs the question, is Vili Huso going to be back next season? And uh, the quote from Doug Armstrong is, uh, Vili and I had a conversation this morning. He put He's put himself in a very good spot. He had a great regular season. Obviously, the playoffs were up and down for all of us. He was put into a really difficult situation coming into the Colorado series. Uh, regarding Billy Huso, Doug Armstrong said, I told him I'd love him to come back, but also it's a business for him, and he's put himself in a spot now where if he wants to test the market, I would understand it. So it sounds like Doug Armstrong is kind of just beating around the bush and saying, look, if he wants to come back here and be a backup, he can. you know. But if he wants to go out and chase that starting goalie money, he can do that as well. And if I'm Billy Huso... I, I don't see a reason why I'm I'm not chasing that starter money. He's 27. He's probably going to be 28 by the time the next season rolls around. Um, spent a lot of his career down in the minors. Uh, and hasn't been able to chase that bag yet. There's every reason for him to go out and go after that money and after that pay, payday. And I wouldn't blame him for that. Um, it would just make a lot of sense for him to go out and do that. So that for that reason, I would think Vili Huso would probably not be back with the Blues next year. But maybe the the uh, opinion of Vili Huso around the league and even in the Blues organization is that of a backup and I don't know I don't know if that playoff run solidified it but maybe maybe he just wouldn't wouldn't get those offers that I think he would get I, maybe he wouldn't get that those starting goalie offers that you know four or five million dollar range maybe it'll be just like around two or three million and in that case I think if the Blues you know want to bring him back for that price it makes a lot of sense to have a really good backup goalie for maybe a little bit more than the average backup goalie salary. Uh, that being said, though, it gets complicated because you also have David Perron and Nick Letty to potentially bring back, and there's no way that they can bring back all three of those guys without salary going out in some other way. So there's a lot of moving parts, and I'm sure we're going to get uh, more clarity 
as playoffs get closer. We got about a month uh, before the free agency, or not as playoff gets closer, as free agency gets closer, because we got about a month between now and then. Um, so, you know, going to be continuing to cover it here. Um, any updates, any developments, obviously be the first to talk about it here. Um, it's the benefit of doing this five days a week or three days a week when the off season is, is kicking into full gear. So that being said though, um, Jordan Bennington gave us some very inspiring signs there in his playoff run. Um, and in the second segment, I'm going to be talking about what a return to form could mean for, to, uh, for Jordan Bennington and the blues as a whole, because if they can get elite play out of Jordan Bennington for an entirety of a regular season, I honestly think this team could compete, uh, for one of the top spots in the Western conference next season. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, before I get into that though, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built. Now, now you know Built Bar is always coming out with great new products. Um, you heard about the original Built Bars. You've heard about Built Puffs. Now they got another new product that I'm really excited about, and that is Built Granola Bars. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors: chocolate, peanut butter, which has always been my favorite uh, for the Built Bar. So I'm excited to try the Built Granola versions. Also, chocolate coconut and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three flavors, you can get yourself a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the Built Bars and Puffs. Uh, Built Granola Bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like Built Bars and Puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real delicious chocolate. Plus, they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now to get the Built Granola Bars, three delicious flavors to try, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and the white chocolate berry. Do not miss out. You've got to get yours today. Go to Built.com to get the Built Granola Bars now. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off your entire order. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. Okay, so Jordan Bennington obviously uh, gave some very uh, positive signs that he could be returning to form in his limited stint in the playoffs. Um, And that could mean really big things for the St. Louis Blues. I think one of their sneaky biggest problems of the regular season, besides, you know, their defense being below average, was their inconsistent goaltending. Um neither goalie was great for a large stretch of the season. Uh, Jordan Bennington had his struggles early on, which led to the Blues turning to Billy Husso. And Billy Husso was really good for a while there, but then, you know, down the stretch of the season where games really ramped up and he started seeing that playoff intensity creep in is when he began to struggle. Like those last 10 or 15 games or so is when Billy Husso really began to show those, those cracks. Um, and that led to... Jordan Bennington becoming the starter again once the playoffs rolled around. And, I mean, it worked out probably as well as it could have. Uh, Heading into his first start in the playoffs, I think he was 0-9 was the total um, in his last nine playoff starts following his his Stanley Cup victory. So one game seven of the Stanley Cup final and then didn't win a playoff game for two years. Um, It was concerning at first going to Jordan Bennington like, it really felt like if he struggled again in this playoff run, then the Blues might have to consider moving on from him. Um, 
it was something that Tommy and I had talked about even before the playoffs rolled around is like, what the heck do you do with the goaltending situation if Philly Huso is going to play this well and Jordan Bennington is going to play this poorly? But then all of a sudden it got reversed. And I was like, okay, yeah, the goalie that you're paying $6 million a year is is playing like a $6 million a year goalie. Um, and it worked out well um, in that sense. Now, obviously, I talked about Philly Huso in the first segment, and that's the one little hitch is that it makes it a little less easy to figure out what you're doing with Vili Huso um, in that circumstance. But that being said, you know, it's a good problem to have. And I said that so many times throughout the regular season that having two good goalies is a very good problem to have. Obviously, come offseason, it's going to get a little messy, going to get a little complicated with Vili Huso's contract being up. But it's a good problem to have. And it manifested itself in the best way possible where all signs are pointing to Jordan Bennington having returned to form and having returned to that elite play, you know. And you forget that... Jordan Bennington was really good in that playoffs, but oh my God, was he amazing in that regular season as well. He was putting up historic numbers uh, once he got called up to the Blues. He was lighting the world on fire. There were, I mean, there were talks if he had played a full season, he could have been um, a Vesna caliber goaltender uh, with the numbers that he was putting up. So it's not like he's just a playoff hero that coasts in the regular season. He has shown in the past that he can do well in the regular season. He struggled uh, this past season a little bit and has struggled in seasons before that, but it's also important to note that he hasn't he has yet to deal with a completely normal regular season i guess maybe this past one was normal but even then the off season was a little short um with the with covid and all that stuff and his first season he got called up uh in the middle of it so it's like he hasn't really had a complete opportunity to just have a normal regular season yet and um the fact that he was playing as well as he was in the playoffs before his injury leads me to believe that he's going to be coming into next season with the utmost confidence in the world that he can return to form. No one wants Jordan Bennington to play well more than Jordan Bennington. He plays with tons of emotion, um, tons and tons of pressure on himself, but he doesn't let it get him too high or too low. Uh, he was you know, very gracious and, and welcoming to Vili Huso when Huso took over the starting role, um, but at the same time, he bet on himself when he came into the playoffs and played well. I mean, we saw that the whole Nazem Kadri water bottle thing was because he was he knew how well he was playing for the first time in a long time, and he got that taken away from him due to an unfortunate injury. So I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, in the next regular season because if the Blues have elite goaltending combined with their offensive firepower that probably isn't going anywhere, if anyone's going to be missing from it, I would say maybe maybe Ivan Barbashev, just based on the way that he sort of disappeared in the playoffs um, and... I doubt David Perron's going anywhere, so it's most likely going to be the same offensive core that we saw this past season, and there's no reason to believe that those guys are going to take a step back. I mean, maybe Perron just because he is getting up there in age, but other than that, I mean, the the offense isn't going anywhere, and you'd hope that the defense is going to get a bit of a retooling in the offseason. So if both of those things happen, you know, the offense stays the same, the defense gets a little bit better, plus you get elite goaltending out of Jordan Bennington. I said it before the break, but I truly think that this Blues team can... um, get some momentum going and be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. The Colorado Avalanche are most likely losing Nazem Kadri. They're most likely losing Andre Burakovsky and a couple other names as well um, just due to their cap constraints. So yeah, they're going to have guys get better like Newhook and them. So I mean, I don't think Colorado is going anywhere. I still think they're probably going to be contending for the top spot in not just the Central, but the West as well. Um, But that being said, if the Blues can get consistent elite goaltending out of Jordan Bennington for an entire regular season, which they really yet to get out of him, um, they will be right there with Colorado. They showed in this playoff series that they can be right there with Colorado. They almost pushed it to seven games, and I argue would have pushed it to seven games if Jordan Bennington is healthy. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's it's very exciting spot for the Blues to be in uh, with Jordan Bennington's reemergence as a quality starter. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, that being said, though, the playoffs are not over yet. So in this third and final upcoming segment, I'm going to be talking about the two series um, that are going on. New York Rangers shocked the world last night, shocked me, uh, and dominated the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about that and more in this third and final segment. Make sure you stay tuned. Okay, so there was a hockey game last night, and it was the New York Rangers against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and a lot of people, myself included, assumed that the Lightning would take this series, I don't want to say handedly, but win the series um, because of the success that they had in the regular season and the success that they've had in the rest of the playoffs. They only allowed three goals to the Florida Panthers in the entirety of their last series. And then what do the New York Rangers do? They go out and double that total. Yeah, they scored six goals. They scored twice as many goals in one game than the Florida Panthers scored in their entire series. Now, does that say more about the Florida Panthers, the New York Rangers, or the Tampa Bay Lightning? I don't know. But from what I saw, I saw a Lightning team that was underestimating the New York Rangers. I think the Lightning are a little too accustomed to winning. Um, we've seen that that when they when they're losing, they get a little a little chippy, a little dirty. They're they're, they're not the they're not the best losers. They they can be sore losers at times. Um, but with that comes, I think they're not used to being behind in games. They're not used to being you know dominated like they were last night against the New York Rangers. And domination is truly the word. You know, the Lightning would would come back and and I think they tied it up at two at one point, and then it was like like that. The, the Rangers retook the lead and really looked like the better team almost the entirety of the game. Um, and I think the Lightning are, are, are a little nervous. I think that they are they were expecting another cakewalk series. Um, like they, Even though round one they, they won in seven, you know, I, I don't think that they had that difficult of a series. Um, it's Toronto. You know, they're, they're guaranteed to go to game seven in the first round. They've been to game seven in the first round the past five years. Um, but, you know, the Lightning had a relatively easy-ish time in that game seven. And then, obviously, round two was, like, one of the most one-sided playoff series we've ever seen. Um, so I think the Lightning were definitely underestimating the New York Rangers. And that being said, I don't, I don't see the Rangers dominating a game like that again because I think the Lightning kind of got that slap in the face and said, hey, you know, this is a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They belong there for a reason. And I said it in yesterday's solo, or not solo episode, because they're all going to be solo episodes from here on out. But um, I said it in yesterday's episode that the Tampa, uh, the New York Rangers are built like a traditional Stanley Cup winning team. You know, it, it's tough in this day and age when you got teams like um, Tampa that's just a super team, Colorado that's honestly also a super team, and then the Edmonton Oilers who are just led by maybe the two best forwards on the planet in Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Those are sort of non-traditional Stanley Cup winners. Um, if either of those three teams do it, you know, you, they're they're teams that rely on their offense, or at least out west, they're teams that rely on their offense in the Colorado Avalanche, and then teams that rely on just absurdly talented players in the Edmonton Oilers, and then obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning are just the deepest team we've seen since like the Red Wings in 99 or whatever that year was where they had like seven Hall of Famers on the roster. Um, so non-traditional, the other three teams. But the New York Rangers are built like a traditional Stanley Cup winning team. Solid offense, good depth scoring, solid defense, and a damn good goaltender in Igor Shosturkin. I think, you know, you put you put the Tampa Bay Lightning in like, or the New York this New York Rangers team in like 2018, 2019, they're contending right there for a Stanley Cup. Um, 
because, like I said, the way that they're built, they're constructed like a traditional Stanley Cup winning team from the 2010s. Uh, they just have to unfortunately go through the best team of the 2010s in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but they showed last night that they could really do it. You know, they, they put up six goals on who I called the best hockey player on the planet in Andre Vasilevsky. Um, and Vasilevsky did not look good. I think his, his goals above expected, he had like three, he, so goals above expected, the way that that works is they, the model analyzes all of the shots that he faced and said like, okay, given this, given this circumstances, given the scenarios, he should have allowed X goals. I think the total last night was three for Andre Vasilevsky. The expected goals was three. He allowed five or maybe it was two and he allowed no he allowed six because there wasn't an empty netter so yeah he allowed three goals above expected that is the most uncomfortable i've seen andre vasilevsky look in a game maybe ever you know he is a guy that is so dominant especially in the playoffs um and i, I honestly don't know what what the issue was for him you know it, it, yeah the lightning were giving up some pretty dang good scoring chances but he looked like a human being which it's hard to say about Andre Vasilevsky. He is a, a guy that could potentially go down as one of the greatest goaltenders ever um, with the run that he's had with the Tampa Bay Lightning and his ridiculous stats in closeout games. He's got like five shutouts in his last six clinching games of a series or something crazy like that. So, I mean, look, if if there's a if there's a chance that the New York Rangers can upset the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm all I'm here for it. Um Obviously, they took game one at home, which is huge. You know, they say a series doesn't start till you win a game on the road, and I would agree with that sentiment. There's there's a likely scenario that the Lightning just kind of wake up and say, oh, yeah, wait, we, we won back-to-back Stanley Cups. We're the better team here because, let's be honest, they're the better team. They're the best team in the NHL. Um, there's a chance they just kind of, you know, figure it out, snap out of it, and go on to roll the rest of the series. But there's also a chance that the New York Rangers say, hey, you know, we, we belong here too. Yeah, you, you guys are a super team, but we belong here too and we you know we want to go to the Stanley Cup and they certainly wanted it more last night they played with a ton of tenacity a ton of grit and it's the most uncomfortable I've seen the Tampa Bay Lightning look in this playoff run including their game one or their round one matchup was against the Toronto Maple Leafs I still think there was really no doubt in anyone's mind that the Lightning were advancing in that series um so that being said you know I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of the series and obviously you know the series out west um Game one, eight to six, ridiculous. We seems like we got two really, really good series on our hands. I mean, a combined twenty goals in the first, or no, more than that, a combined twenty-two goals in the first two games of the conference finals. Looking like it's going to be a ton of entertainment there. Um, so I'm going to have it all covered for you here on the Locked On Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Blues. We're nearing 400 subscribers which means we're nearing 500 subscribers which is really cool um first big milestone i guess you could call it so yeah definitely subscribe to us there um all of our content beautiful video you can see my lovely crystal clear hd face um hit that notification bell on our youtube that way whenever we upload a new video you'll be the first to know leave us a comment i'll try to interact with those like i said we've been getting more comments lately so uh it's not as easy for me to get to all of them but i'll keep trying um, follow all of our socials uh, at Lockdown Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.